beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. Party people, we have come this far by faith. We are at the end of the road. It's the end of our season. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has shared in our work. Thank you to our Patreon supporters who make all this possible. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed, who has left a review. We see y'all. A good review. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who has given to us. Um, this is this is it. <laughs> uh, thank you. We bless y'all. We are so blessed to be in relationship with y'all. Hey. <laughs> so, get into this uh, last episode. And if you want to jump into our Patreon community, there is time. We go have content over uh, this break in seasons. Uh, and Lord willing, there will be another season. And if you want to give us a tip, like think of it a virtual tip jar, if you will. We have a PayPal now. And the email address is 3blackmanpodcast at gmail.com. And that three is spelled out, three black men podcast at gmail.com. All right. Bless y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Robert. My name is Sam. My name is Trey. (laughs) And we are the three black men. Hello, fellas. How's it going? How's it going? Man, I can't complain. I'm here kicking the bobo with my boys, man. <laughs> kicking the kicking the willy bobo. Yeah. I am complaining. Uh, it's hot. <laughs> um, I don't know where y'all reside. Um, it's a cool 96 uh, <laughs> degrees today. So uh, I am going to come. I, I reside in Miami. You, <laughs> you. There you go with that. Listen, who is we have the same governor? Yeah. Can't prove Truly, that. y'all, can't y'all governor is acting up. <laughs> right. Um but okay, so Samuel, what do we have on the table today? What are we discussing? So uh today, um well, let me just set the scene. So I I'm a fan of James James Cone. Um as you should be. Yes, yeah, as you, you should. Need to read some as James Cone like um and uh a couple of his uh books. Uh he has this he mentions this in there. Um one of them is The Blues and the Gospel and the other one is uh God of the Oppressed. And the quote is sort of a quote uh that he says in there. He says the appearance of contentment was a tool of survival. And the context of that quote he was talking about how uh, black people uh, came here as slaves and how they had to, how some of them had to, uh, different ways they had to adapt to the culture um, around them. Um, 
I have, I ain't never been no slave, but I've lived in a house sometimes where uh, you can't walk around with a straight face. Oh, why are you looking like that? Put a smile on your face. You walk around looking like something wrong. And so as a, a defense mechanism, sometimes I would walk around with a bop in my step, even if I was upset. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so using the appearance of contentment as a tool of survival, just to keep the peace uh, in certain situations. Um, and so when I read that, this sort of rocked my world because there's a song that Richard Smallwood wrote years ago. It's called Jesus, You're the Center of My Joy. And the words are Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All this good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. And so let me um, find out you sing. Go, Sam. <laughs> Lead us in. I mean, oh, I'm at church, but I love the music. Nah, nah. Um, so, like, just I love that song, but I I started to wrestle with the idea of contentment and what that was looking like in my life and how I was using it, right? And mm-hmm. and how can that like where did that fit in my wholeness and where should I substitute wholeness for contentment and working where is contentment cool um so just like you know it, what, what y'all think about that what are y'all's thoughts on go ahead Trey yeah I don't know too many particularly black men no 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 forget that black people in general because um who, who do not have a similar testimony and I know that because like black women often have to battle the angry black woman stereotype um, and make sure that they present themselves. But I was sharing with my wife a few weeks ago how I tend to go to extra lengths to be friendly and wave at people when I go on walks or runs um, so that my neighbors or the people around are not intimidated or suspicious of the black man like doing laps around the place or whatever. Um, and she was like, wow, like that's really sad to think about. And the other day she had kind of checked me at the park because the park where my son practices football is typically mostly like the whole football park and all the age groups is almost exclusively black people. It's a couple, not, this is almost exclusively black people. That particular day, there was like a flag football game where there were a lot of white people there. And like, as people were passing, I was greeting all sorts of people and waving everything. She was like, Trey, stop it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just being friendly. She was like, no, I know why you're doing that. And it didn't even occur to me that I was using the tactic of the, the appearance of, of being not just content, but happy, being outgoing, all that stuff as a survivor. Like, I don't want to raise anybody's suspicion. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. And that is just like a, a, an example of a strategy that I didn't even realize was a part of my very being. Um, and that's just in relation to other people. That doesn't speak to what I have to do with myself. The the little The little stories I got to tell myself to keep going when I'm feeling down like whoa Trey you know what you not okay right now um, and just striving to be content because sometimes there's even theologies to tell us that being sad or dejected or depressed is is not only outside of the will of God but sinful like I've done something wrong by feeling those things you understand and when you get to that point you end up dehumanizing yourself when you have taken away in effect part of your emotions, the range of your emotions, and feel the need to paint over that just for the appearance of someone else. That's that's a heavy load to carry, you know. 
Yeah, it is. I think uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking two things as you both were talking. One, um, I think of the song, I Won't Complain. And I think of, you know, there's this element of survival here on American soil for Black people and how spirituality has played a role and how songs like I Won't Complain have been an anchor, right? Uh, and boosting our minds, boosting our souls to uh, a place that is not right now, right? Uh, getting anchored to something that looks different from your present reality. And I think of that is a survival tool when, you when you're in a strange land. Um, you need something that is outside of yourself to fall upon, right? And, and so that song, like, I won't complain, has this uh, ancestral feel for many people, right? That we sing. Um, but then when you break down some of the, the elements, you're like, no, I'd be complaining. I'm in pain. I'm in need. Uh, you know, there, you know, it feels good to sing, but you're like, wait, I'm not doing too well. <laughs> I'm not for doing real. too good. I need to complain because I need a savior who can hear the complaints too. Mm. Um, and, and, and at the same time, I can't divorce myself from the ancestors that have gone before who use those songs to get over, to get through, to get above um, what they were experiencing, right? Like there's a richness there. And I don't even know how to parse that out for our conversation, but there, there it is a tool of survival. And I think of um, Dr. Yolanda Pierce's book, In My Grandmother's House, uh, Black Women, Faith, and the Stories We Inherit. And she talks about the different things that she inherited from her grandmother and her mother's and the church ladies and how some of the things that were uh, done that might've been overly religious were survival tactics to keep young black girls as safe as possible in a world that would not love them. And even in a church that would not love them. And even how purity messages that were foisted upon the girl, the black girls were to actually keep them safe. And so to the best of their ability, they're like, we just want y'all to be safe and not having all the language to carefully, uh, you know, elucidate on it. And so I, I think for us, I really am resonating with what you're saying, Trey, of that appearance of contentment and being happy and being whole. Um, but I'm thinking of the different spaces that I have to survive in, right? I'm thinking of how I have to be um, content when I'm in a workspace and how white people perceive me, um, that's a survival tactic. Uh, they don't want to see the expressions that I would normally give to, to things that they would say or how they would receive or how I have to carry myself in predominantly white church spaces. Um, everything's going great. <laughs> it's going amazing. Uh, or when I'm out for a run. So yeah, I'm just thinking the different spaces and the survival dimensions yeah yeah it's funny rob that you that we both mentioned those songs because like that was one of the elements that he was saying how that like we use as a tool um to to express like this sort of contentment right so instead of grunting and complaining if they would sing songs a lot of times the slave owners would think oh well they're out there singing in the field they're happy 
um and 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 like this is just my theory i look i i don't have no solid proof but there are some songs if you look in the library of congress that are um the words are contributed to white men but the melodies are belong to negro spirituals yeah um and i just leave that at that and y'all can do with that what y'all want um and these are hymns that a lot of y'all probably sing in white evangelical spaces yeah, um that's a whole i'll leave that topic. at that yeah. <laughs> yeah. hallelujah <laughs> but back to, praise <laughs> saints right but back to <laughs> back to the topic and the music um like and i've said on i've said like via twitter all the time like one of the things we will do here is we will throw on music and we will work it out like sometimes that's straight gospel music uh a lot it's it's usually anything that's got like this sort of bluesy feels to it or gospel uh and if you don't know like gospel music like the genre was birthed out of the blues and so for me there's just something about um those genres of music, uh, they almost touch my soul in, in a sense. And so there's a sort of contentment that I can have in that moment, right, with um, and peace that I can have with whether it be like uh, from the music or um, or, or whatever, right, um, centering myself, meditation, prayer, whatever. Uh, there, there's there's an element of contentment that I can have in those spaces or in those moments, Rob, what you were saying, uh, which is kind of like why I said I was wrestling with the idea of contentment and like, where is that okay to be inserted? And where is that more so a tool for the oppressor and just sort of a way for me to kind of get by like what Trey was saying. Like, I just wanna, I listen, I'm just trying to exist. I know how y'all roll. <laughs> um, biblically, honestly, I, I think about Daniel. I, look, this entire atmosphere is hostile towards me. I know how y'all roll. <laughs> I'm just trying to exist. Can I say that <laughs> how often, <y> doing? <laughs> you know often what I'm black people, I think are uh, like, comedy bits are made out of our contentment and out of the ways that we have forged tools of survival, right? And so even when, you know, any black church scene in any movie um, or any person of faith is kind of like a yuck, yuck, uh, like look how simple-minded they are um, because of this ability to um, forge contentment or to, maybe numb ourselves or maybe to disconnect from some things or maybe to have genuine faith that life can get better in the by and by and so we're kind of made fun of for what we're saying here this survival tactic that we've developed is kind of like oh that's cute uh y'all would have faith because oh like and it's like yeah. i i almost well i'm starting to get a little angry like even how we're depicted for developing this tool is mm. that we're simple minded. And I think there's a power in being able to forge a path for yourself of liberation, even if it's not complete. Um, and, and I think, I think in, never mind, I'm not even going to say this. I, mm, I will. I think indirectly, I, I think the, the blessing side of that is that in that, um, I don't want to say that faith is forced upon us, but God is faithful. You get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I, and 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 I'm I'm not trying to like you know force that like down 
people's throat as far as like you know from the church side like i don't want to play i'm not playing devil's advocate on that i'm just saying like you know <laughs> no i hear you bro no, i hear you true just got mad thinking about this because um, like you just said rob we're sort of character caricatured or made fun of yes. for developing that tactic but mm-hmm. then also that tactic has also backfired in some ways because when you look at like the argument of like slave owners um so that's what the context was that's what the quote was was made in reference to or whatever like one of their defenses was like look our slaves are happy and it's one of those like damned if you do damned if you don't things because if we sit here and voice our displeasure then we are punished it's one of those like oh fair make them make more bricks type situations and now that we figured out how to where contentment for our survival, not only physical survival, but our own mental survival so that we don't break down. You are no longer committed to improving our lot or seeing us as human anymore. And that's wild, especially in today's context as people like in this new anti-woke crusade where we like to pretend that, oh, we've made so much progress. Like, wait a second we finally started going to all of your school, going into debt, mind you, to go to all of these schools to get the degrees and everything and acting like we're finally happy to have this level of access. And when we say, no, we want all the rest of the stuff, like all, we want the the access to the same housing programs that created the white middle class and all of those things. We want all of that. Now it's like, wait a second, we're living Martin Luther King's dream. I thought you would be happy with this. And like, nah. And so when that, that, begins to slip and we're no longer happy appearing content all of a sudden people are shocked like the 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 strategy backfires on us sometimes because we've gotten so good at using this appearance of contentment as a survival tactic that like we are no longer heard for what we actually need in the fullness of our humanity yeah i think the ability to practice contentment um, especially, you know, I'm grounding ourselves. I'm a, I'm black, so other people could take this conversation how they want, right? James Cole was black. I'm black. Uh, this is a black conversation. Um, feel free to use it however you want. But um, I think about how it backfires because I think about, um, for me, being labeled as resilient, um, being, it's it's almost this notion of. Well, you seem happy the way you are. Well, no, I come from a people who know how to make a way out of no way. Um, and that being late, and that being mistaken for contentment because they know, yo, we're black. We come from a people who can make uh, something out of nothing together in community and weave these beautiful quilts. They can make food from seemingly nothing, right? Like we come from a people that are miracle generating people. Uh, and and so in my day, I am a chronically ill person. And I think of how often being labeled as content or resilient is another way I would say it, stops people from seeing me, who I really am, and it's dehumanizing. And, um, it can backfire because I can do so many things. People are surprised when they're like, wow, you're breaking down. Wow, you seem emotional. Wow, whoa, what is this new thing? What is, what is this new thing you're doing? It's like, no, I, I can always overcome because of 
my lineage, I don't want to have to. <laughs> um, um, I have this survival Ooh, tool yeah. that's within me, but I shouldn't have to survive, right? For me, I, I think, you know, as I'm listening to you brothers, I don't want to just survive anymore. Um, dang, I hate that I'm getting emotional about this, but I want to thrive and we can make something out of nothing, but I shouldn't have to. Um, and I get where our ancestors got it from, but I don't want to live that way for the rest of my life. Yeah, there there is a way that I want to live my life that pays um, homage to, to those that came before me um, without having to replicate right what they already went through like without without having to do that again yes uh in a lot of different ways and yeah um so i feel you on that rob uh i absolutely like i hate capitalism with all of my being um because i really feel like that like that's a big that is like the beginning of that is where a we learned how we were forced to learn how to use contentment as a tool of survival. And here we are today, scratching a, a lot of black folks, scratching and fighting to, to get in, to maintain, uh, or to get in and to stay in like the middle class that a lot of people had programs to get into uh, a long time ago uh, and inflation is going on, right? And so a lot of us have had to get so many different side hustles, so many different jobs, and where this contentment, right, of, yeah, I could do all of this if I wanted to, but I'm working 80, 90 hours a week, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what, you made a real good point. When you bring capitalism into this and the role that that plays, it's funny, you have a lot of people now, and to be fair, something has clearly shifted in the workforce over the course of this pandemic um, and like b- before COVID and after COVID, it's two very different things, but some people, huh, these people don't want to work anymore. And people done got so good at seeming happy to scrap by on your little 850 an hour on whatever reason for work that you apparently deemed essential um, <laughs> that, that, that all of a sudden now you think that people don't want to work anymore. No, they never wanted to do this they had to before and then when we realized all of the things that we could have been doing and hadn't before like everybody went to work remotely like wait you mean i could have been doing this from my home from my house the whole time and been more productive i could i could have been doing that the whole time and you decided not to forget this i'm not doing it no more and when that again when that when that appearance of contentment drops and people see what is really inside like that's jarring to people so all of a sudden now we're seeing like oh nobody wants to worry anymore nobody wanted to do this from the jump are you kidding me you you thought people was content doing all of this work right you thought this was a want to thing no it was a had to thing and now some yeah. people decided we don't like no nah, you know what uh <laughs> I, I will crash this whip with all of us in it how about that and we get there um and that's something that we gotta wrestle with when there is no genuine community there cannot be the authenticity necessary to see when people are not actually content Yes. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, we're starting to see that in real time around us when it comes to capitalism, but also in our smaller communities in the macro sense, whatever, when you don't make room for authentic human connection and authentic community, and you don't provide a space safe enough to people like, you know what? No, I'm actually not cool. I'm not doing okay right now. How do I fix this? I don't know. I just know it's not working. When we don't make that an okay place to be, you'll never know. And then you're going to find yourself looking silly in the face when people are no longer willing or able to put on that appearance of concern. Yeah. Yeah, I think of uh, COVID uh, has been so devastating for us uh, globally, individually, uh, different communities affected disproportionately. And I'm glad you brought that up, Trey. Like, um, I think it was soul searching time for everyone, even if you didn't want to search your soul. You're like, I'm, even if you're running away from dealing with the reality of COVID, that in and of itself was a soul searching moment, right? And you did have people who realized, I want better than this. You know, when people were like, I'm not going back to that restaurant. <laughs> when people realized the minimum wage is $7.25. Of, federally. And so you're wondering, people don't want to go back to work. A lot of people deemed surviving isn't enough for me. And I may not have an answer, but I don't, I'm not going back to that. And there is this uproar, you know, nationwide to figure out why are people so essentially discontent, ill at ease, and um, it's because people were in the walls of their the four walls of their house and said, yo, I don't want to go back into the office ever again. And some people I, I know I have plenty of friends. Uh, they said, I will never take a job where I have to go back into an office, period. Um, and they, I mean, they're strong on it. Like anybody who's requiring five days a week at the it's a no-go. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and it, it's because they had the time to think about yeah. the brevity of life. They had time to think about the bleeping conditions of the society. Um, I said it. And they realized this plus this does not equal the life that I want to live. And uh, there has to be more. Um, yeah, I think too, um, there's something about being in a space where you're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I always tell people before I invite them to my house, listen, when you when you come to my house, you can see all of me. Yeah. All of me. I'm not put, listen, you are in my house. You can see all of me. I'm going to be Sam. So, listen, you better have on the full armor of God when you come around. <laughs> nah, um, I ain't that bad. But, like, I'm, I'm you I'm are. Gonna, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to put, I don't want to walk on eggshells. And so, like, when you, when you work from home, it's a lot easier to not put on that mask that you would generally put on or that you, you know, I know when Kwani used to drive to work, she used to have to amp herself up. So, you know, she might be riding to work, listening to Gucci or Yeezy, you know what I'm saying? Like Jeezy or something, you know, and her mind, she, <laughs> she was, uh, I don't know if y'all watch uh, Queen of the South. She was Teddy Sita, you know, she was the queen, right? But she was fixing to go to work and be a manager. And so like she was preparing herself to put on a mask for work but like she works here now at home and she's so much more comfortable she don't put on a mask um <laughs> like things 
like code switching like as much like don't happen like she's just comfortable and I think when people start to take off when people start realizing like yo I can be my full self and still be productive at work look the definition of professionalism now is no longer uh equal to whiteness right it can't be when I'm working at home right like you have to change you know what I'm saying like you have to change those things you can no longer control different elements of people's lives and they don't have to pretend like they're content in this environment right like they forced to be here like a lot of people like we're already forced to be here we don't want to do this um so yeah (laughs) yeah I I just think about um the fact that uh they're what are the conditions by which we can be our full selves is kind of ringing through my mind. And like a lot of people are after making that true to them, right? They are willing to sacrifice money. They're they're willing to get paid less Hmm. to be happy right, to be their full selves. People are willing to move. People have moved across this country, like, um, yep. uh, for wholeness, for liberation, for life. What does it feel like? What People have moved closer to their family. Um, mm. People have gotten away from their family. Um, <laughs> and that was a testimony. People have moved to different countries. <laughs> listen, they're like, I can't even be in the same country where X resides. So <laughs> I, you know, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> yeah. Man, all right. So let me put to y'all like a question and we, we can take a moment to think about it if we need. What, in lieu of the liberation that we seek to embody and are yet and still realizing in Jesus Christ, go ahead. Um, what, is a healthier survival tactic than the appearance of, of contentment. Like what is, what, what ought we uh, to, to pursue or try to practice uh, rather than that tactic in lieu of that? That's a good, that's a good question. Nah, go ahead and say it's a no. Go question. ahead. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to put the e on this episode. No. <laughs> sorry. Oh man, I'm so sorry. No, it's no. okay. Um, no, we're can... liberated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's. I almost feel like that's a loaded question. Like, just it is. I don't. I don't have an answer to it myself. In all honesty, it's I think it's relative. Things, I think it's. I think it's relative. Um, to each person right like um, yeah. we all have our own walks uh and in life to deal with we all do i mean uh, we might deal with um sort of the same things essentially but like our situations are always different on uh, you know context matters um and i think as we as i've grown in becoming more whole some of the things that i do change um, and so I think since it's a process of uh, becoming whole, uh, I think is, is an evolving process. I think, I don't think there's a concrete answer for that, um, that I could give. Um, I think uh, it's one of those things where I, I just, 
I try to go with where my ethics and morals lie, right? Um, I know, yeah. you know, the church folks will say, what would Jesus do? Um, but, you know, in light of what I believe Jesus taught, uh, I try to carry myself in that way, um, even when it comes to uh, contentment. Um, I'm okay with expressing when I'm discontent more. Um, yeah, uh, that just, yeah, I don't think there's a concrete, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, two things come up when you ask that, Trey, uh, and they may resonate with somebody, but they resonate with me, so I'll just say it. Um, there is a difficulty, Sam, so I, I, I feel that. I think um, the biggest thing I want uh, is when I die, um, I want to be more of me than when I started this journey. And um, I've always, I don't know why this made me so emotional today. Um, I've always thought about death, um, which sounds morbid, but I remember at seven years old thinking, uh, and I didn't go grow up in the church in case y'all wonder that. Like, oh, he was thinking about eternity. No, I, I thought about like, um, what do I want people to say about me when I die? And I was like seven years old thinking about that. Um, and uh, I want to be more me at the end of this journey. And that's liberation for me. Um, that's what I'm aiming for. That's my North Star. That when I breathe my last, that pe I would hope somebody would say, like, Robert was more himself at the end of his life than he was at the beginning of his life. And um, I had this... Um, metaphor and this word pic this picture in my mind uh that i brought up in therapy about a year ago and um i picture myself in a boat right in a, a little raft and when i was younger everyone put all of these things in the boat and there are their expectations there you know all these different instruments all these flotation devices and my boat was weighed down um and for me, liberation looks like freeing myself of all of the things that people put in my boat um, as a young boy. And at the end of my life, I literally want to be just me in that boat. Um, and um, yeah, and so that is concrete for me because that plays out in how I live, how I interact with my brothers, how I interact uh, with my family, how I interact with those whom I love, I want to become more me, not at the expense of other people, but because of what I absorb from them, the love, the support, the energy that I get from them in mining out who I truly have desired to be, but was afraid to be. And at the end of my life, I want to be at peace in my boat alone uh, before my maker. Um, yeah. So being myself is, 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 what I'm after personally. Yeah, I like that. I was formulating an answer to my own question, which I didn't have when I asked it. But as I'm thinking of the metaphor that um, the, appearance, the appearance of contentment is a tool of survival. As we find better tools, we don't necessarily discard tools. We might use them a little bit less, yeah. but they tend to stay in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. I am not arrogant enough to believe that the tools which 
got my forebears and my ancestors through hard times are no longer useful, that they, that they have no purpose. But as times change, we get new tools. Sometimes they are more effective at getting the job done. Sometimes the job is different. Um, sometimes because of the work they have done, I don't need to perform the same jobs like the, the we, we go on to building new things. And so the appearance of contentment might still be a necessary tool sometimes, but one tool that I would like to add to my toolbox is uh, the pursuit of contentment and that uh, I no longer feel the need to fake the funk, that I enjoy contentment when it arrives and when it is not with me, that I'm open about that that I can confidently and boldly take the steps that I need in order to experience contentment again, come hell or high water, um, that I can work in community with people to achieve that, um, but that I don't have to put on a mask to pretend to be that which I am not in order to make others comfortable, in order to, to feel like I need to pretend in order to survive. Like I would love to be able to literally work towards the thing I'm pretending to be, you know, um, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm so glad I got the answer first. <laughs> um, not, not because like, well, just more so like y'all gave me a lot to consider. Um, I like that. Y'all brothers are dope. <laughs> Well, amen, amen. I talked about a new segment. We're gonna talk about uh, what's on the front burner, some some things um, that that uh, we are excited about personally as as individuals, and bringing that and sharing that with y'all. I'm not even gonna hold you. What is on the front burner for this time is fortuitous because it is Black Panther. By the time this comes out, we will be at the time of the Black Panther. <laughs> and after the year we have had, the years we have had, this movie is for us, especially Black peoples. We're gonna have us a time in the theaters I look forward to all the laughs, the tears, the mourning over Chadwick, uh, the triumph that we get to have together. It feels like a national holiday and even indeed a global holiday uh, with those of us of the diaspora get to come together and yes, be our best selves. On the front burner, Black Panther, the second edition. Yes, Wakanda forever. Because we now have a Patreon, which Patreon. I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to, to visit at uh, patreon.com slash three black men. Uh, think through it, pray through it ask God <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here, we have uh, some blog pieces going up. There's going to be some devotional content coming out and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon, patreon.com slash three black men. Go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos. Go ahead. Watch, watch them, <laughs> them. Them babies ain't ruin nothing, man. Matter of fact, there's, there's more people going to sign up to, to see them babies. How about that, bro? <laughs>